everyone. Welcome back to But What Will People Say? I'm your host, Disha Mazeppa, and this is a South Asian interracial relationship and lifestyle podcast. Welcome back for another episode. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back if you've been listening for a while. If you're a new face in the neighborhood that discovered the show while I was gone, welcome. This is my little corner of the internet where I talk about a whole lot of random stuff. But anyway, not a ton happened over the holiday break besides I turned 30, but that is why we have this episode. So we'll get to that. Um, I started a discord. So for those of you who have the app or are looking for a community of people who listen to this podcast, you can download the discord app on your desktop or on your phone and just search Tisha Mazeppa's server. It will pop up and you can join and join this little community where we just have a way to connect. I feel like a lot of you have a way to connect with me, but not a way to connect to each other. And so this was the best method I found to get all of us kind of in the same room, chatting away about all different things. It can be about this podcast. It can be Prime and Prejudice. There's channels for food and books and fitness and really anything that I'm into. I made a channel for you are all welcome to hop in there, get to know each other, have a conversation. Um, the only group that is private is the Pod Squad group. If you want to get in there, you will have to reach out to me either via email at bwwpspodcast at gmail.com or via Instagram. Tell me a little bit about who you are. The group is private because it is a group of people. Most of them are in interracial relationships. A lot of them are, all of them are listeners of this podcast. Um, And it's a little bit more intimate. um, But really, we don't talk about our relationships a lot. We mostly just like talk about other things that interest us and random conversations. But it is also meant to be a place where you can share or vent about your relationship or your situation or seek advice. Um, But in the same sense, it's more meant to be like a community where you guys can all hang out and get to know each other. So check out the Discord, look up Disha Mazeppa's server. I will try to link it below, but the invite links are all timed. They don't last forever. Um, and so it's easier if you just search it on the app. And I think that's the only update. Michael's making a comeback, my husband, on this show. So that episode will be out soon. So make sure you are subscribed Prime and Prejudice will return next week. And without further ado, here's your first solo episode of 2023. Alrighty, everybody. Now that I'm 30 and so much wiser, just kidding. I didn't have a mental breakdown about turning 30. I feel like 29 was harder because it felt like you were running out of time. But when you're 30, everyone suddenly has no expectations of you anymore because they're like, well, if you haven't gotten your life together by now, I guess we should all give up. Um, At least that's what society seems to think. But I do appreciate the pressure of being taken off. Um, I actually definitely prefer where I'm at now than where I was when I was 20. I feel like I was hot mess expressing at 20. 30 still feels a little bit hot mess expressy, but definitely feels a little more like I can handle it. You know, I've just like come to embrace my own chaos. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, But 
I wrote down some stuff. I thought I would share it with you and start off the year with 30 lessons I learned in my 20s that make me feel prepared for my 30s. Some of them are lessons. Some of them are life hacks. Some of them are just like things and thoughts. So here we go. The first one I wrote down was, you are the sum total of the people you hang out with. Don't hang out with people you don't want to be like. The more time I spend around people who don't have the kind of life or aren't pursuing things in life that I want to be like, the more I feel bad about myself. (laughs) So I don't know if this is great life advice, but I think it is true that the people you surround yourself with are a reflection of who you are. And so being extremely mindful of who you surround yourself with and the kind of voices around you and in your head are extremely important and will define kind of the path you find yourself on. Um, And this is also, I guess, the advice I would pass on to my younger self. And I find myself passing on a lot of things to my younger cousins. So a lot of these thoughts came in the same mindset. So that's the first one. Um, Don't do not disturb is the best feature on your phone. This is a life hack. All of you with your iPhones and I'm even with Androids, you have a do not disturb feature on it where you don't get any calls or messages besides people you select from, which should be like your mom and your spouse um, and everything else. You don't get any pings on your screen or anything. It is the best feature on your phone and you should 100% be using it. There's no reason that you need to be available 24-7. I have mine auto set from like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., but you can even set it for when you're working. You can turn it on when you're either working on something or just being present with the people around you, which is, I think, super important. Um, And this feature has allowed me to be so much more present and that's the best thing I can do for the relationships with the people I have in my life. And I think those that fostering relationships is so, so important. And this is just like one of those small tools that I love. And sometimes I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, I want to be left alone today. And I just turn on Do Not Disturb. And it's just so peaceful for the rest of the day. So use the feature if you don't already. And this also goes for turning off your notifications. So just like on your phone, you can turn off notifications for either group chats or social media or whatever. I haven't had notifications on for anything besides, I think, text messages and phone calls for a decade. And I see people getting constant pings, like emails, text message, Instagram notification, all these things. And I'm like, why is that on? That sounds so disruptive to my day. And how do you focus on getting anything done? I feel like this is how you get caught in like that doom scroll of like constantly being online. Um, a big goal for my 30s is definitely to take a step back from all of this stuff. Um, not the podcast, but like the social side of it all. Um, last year, I hired a social media manager and I am hiring a new one this year. And it was the best decision I made. And I will continue utilizing them because it is worth every penny for not feeling like I need to be available on the internet. Um, other things I wrote down, social media isn't real life. Clearly, we're on a theme right now. Social media is 100% not real life. 
do you ever notice how like if you scroll long enough on TikTok or Instagram, it feels like the world is on fire. But then when you turn it off and you look around you, like everything's fine. Like the dog needs to go out. Your friend might be stopping by. Maybe you're going out to dinner with your spouse. Like everything's fine. And if you keep it off long enough, suddenly your brain is a lot happier. I obviously wrote this post like a two or three week social media break. So I think that's why that's the trend here. But don't worry, there's 27 more thoughts to go. Along those same lines, the words, content, entertainment you consume will shape your reality. 100% true. Again, it's exactly what I just said. But it's also like, follow people that are doing cool things. Follow accounts that are adding value to your day instead of just like bullshit. I remember at some point in my 20s, I unfollowed all the things that were wasting my time on the internet, like all the like meme accounts and like the fuck Jerry accounts of the world, like all of it unfollowed. And I just never looked back. And I find myself spending a whole lot less time scrolling away. Um, Your time is your most valuable thing you have. Spend it wisely. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say this a thousand and one times. You can waste my money, my resources, my energy. I can get all of that back. I cannot get my time back. And everyone has 24 hours in a day and everyone does the things they want to do. If you say you're busy, it's because you are not prioritizing. And that held held true throughout my 20s and I'm sure it will hold true for the rest of my life. Because if you want to do it, you'll do it. Like all these people making excuses about how they don't have time are, it's probably like my least interesting excuse. I'm like, come up with something better. Tell me like a llama tried to burn down your house. Like at least that's an interesting excuse. Don't tell me you don't have time because everyone thinks that and it's not true. We all have the same amount of time. It's just what you do with it. Wake up early. It makes everything better in life. Sleep, health, and mood. Yeah. There was like a solid phase where I was trying to be one of those 5 a.m. people. And I still kind of am, but it came from a productivity standpoint in my 20s. But as I got into my late 20s, we turned it into like just time for myself in a day to like be. And early morning light exposure. Here we are. Listens to too much Huberman Lab, but it helps regulate your circadian rhythm. And being a morning person means like, If you even get up, like, I like to comfortably be out of bed by 6.30. Like, 6.30 is a good, happy place. No one's texting you. No one's calling you. Phone is still on Do Not Disturb. And it's like, brush your teeth. Do your little coffee ritual. Have your little tarot card moment. Have your coffee. Harass your husband. Like, what more do you need to do at 6.30 in the morning? And also, probably get to the gym. I... I'm still working on getting to the gym earlier. I usually don't get there till like eight or nine, but I'm going to try to push that. Maybe that's what I do in my 30s. Maybe I become like the 7 a.m. yoga person. I don't know. I don't know if I'll become that person, but we'll see. Um, but waking up early has always been the right move. I have never regretted it. I have always felt better. I always have more energy that way. And if you do it consistently enough and your body adapts to it, you're just going to feel fucking great. So highly recommend the waking up early and whatever that might look like for you. Um, Don't wait to get sick to take care of your health. Preventative care is the most effective form of care. I want to scream this one from the rooftops as someone who works in healthcare, has worked in nursing homes. 
your body is your temple. It is the home you will have to live in for the rest of your life. Take care of it. And don't wait until you're sick because you've already done damage. And it's easier to prevent the damage than get it in the first place. Stay active. Never stop moving. All the new research basically shows that like slowing your metabolism, slowing down when you get older is bullshit. It just means you're moving less. Most people stop moving. Um, And going hand in hand with that, if you have kids, children move as much as their parents do. So if you're active and you're staying out and about and moving and doing stuff, your kids will see you as an example of that. Your kids watch everything you do. Please, for the love of God, don't be the parent who like lounges around on the couch watching Netflix after work every day. It is like such a poor example. Not to like, not to judge parenting. I know this comes across as judgy. Obviously, I don't have kids, but like we can do other things. If you want to be a good parent, do it right. All right. Don't be the Netflix parent. It's not cute. I'm going to piss so many people off by saying that. <laughs> I might edit that out. Anyway, uh, let's see. Spending time trying to make other people accept your beliefs and lifestyle is guaranteed to make you miserable. Yep. There's a lot of people that think they need to scream their ideas, thoughts, and beliefs off the rooftops at all hours of the day, and that if you disagree with them, they have to get into an argument. I like, do you ever notice that, like, people, you know, that that person on Facebook always screaming about their political beliefs? Like, you ever watch them and you're like, don't you have anything better to do? Because that's the thought I have. And those are people who, like, you can believe and think whatever you like. Please be my guest. You sitting around trying to convince everyone around you that you're right or that your belief is more important or superior or better than theirs is exhausting. Just watching it, don't become that person. Whatever it is, I don't care if you're a vegan, please be my guest. We don't have to scream about it all day. Same thing with your political beliefs or your lifestyle choices or whatever. Just live your life. Live your life. Let everybody else live their life and get on with it. It's exhausting to spend all day trying to make everyone else accept you. You just need to accept yourself and get on with it. Very good advice, I think, for myself in my 20s. Um, Throwing away parts of your culture isn't necessarily a bad thing. Don't worry. There's a whole other podcast episode about this coming out soon. But yeah, if you're brown and you grew up being told like everything about your culture is super important, you need to cling on to every single bit of it. It's exhausting again and also not a bad thing you can get rid of some stuff it's fine our parents packed up every single thing they brought from india every belief and idea and just never unpacked any of it they just brought it here and we're like it's here to stay and i'm like when you were packing did you not think maybe we can leave some of this nonsense behind did like no one tell you that so it's okay to throw away parts of your culture it's not a big deal you don't need to feel bad about it brown girls feel bad about literally everything we could Get rid of a few of those. Uh, Don't waste your time with people who didn't have time for you when you needed it. As the kid who took an untraditional path in life and has been pursuing this whole podcast thing, like whatever, all the things I do, it's interesting three over three years in to look back and see the people who didn't have time for you when you 
needed them to, or even if you just like wanted a piece of advice or had a question for them or wanted some support, and then all of a sudden they need something from you and they find you, if they suddenly have time for you when back when you didn't matter, they didn't have time for you, they can go. It can sound petty. I don't care. They can go. They're not your real supporters anyway. Anywho, you're not busy. You just don't know how to prioritize. Yep, that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Everyone's got 24 hours in a day, and the sooner you realize you can use it, the better. Be unabashedly supportive. This is something that, as a kid, you know, I've mentioned a ton of times here on the podcast that, like, I didn't grow up with a ton of brown friends. I had a handful of them in dance, but in school and stuff, like, it was just a diverse bunch of kids from all over the place. And starting a podcast like this that is so specific in the audience it caters to, it threw me into, like, the brown girl space, which is not a space I very much occupied a lot of before this. And one thing I realized is I was always surrounded by people, even my friends to this day, are so supportive of everything I do and all of my endeavors. And they're always willing to give me feedback. They're the first ones to buy my products. They're the first ones to share my stuff online, whatever. And so I am very unabashedly supportive of everyone else's like dreams and ideas and businesses. And I have found brown girls have this like crabs in a bucket mentality The saying basically means if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and they try to claw themselves out, if a crab gets too far up and makes it almost to the edge of the bucket to get out, the other crabs will reach up and pull that crab back down. And while this is not true for the whole brown girl community, it is extremely common. And this is as someone who still very much functions in the periphery of the brown girl spaces. I'm not very like deep in it. I am still very much considered too white to be allowed. Um, I'm too willing to embrace my Americanness, and I'm, too, you know, I'm married to the white guy, so that's a whole other thing that everyone can be like, oh, it's so great that you like followed your heart or whatever, but like they're still like turning around and like raising their kids to never be like me. So. Be unabashedly supportive because you will surround yourself with people who understand what it's like to support someone who is on a journey that maybe doesn't have a clear path, whatever you are doing in life, because you don't want to surround yourself with negative voices. I feel like all of this comes full circle to what I was saying in the beginning, like the people you surround yourself with and never let other people's like selfishness or negativity be a reason for you to become like that like that's not a trait anyone should aspire to and like I said to the other point if they don't have time for you you don't have to make time for them later anyway so who cares just keep doing you be supportive be so supportive that some people almost don't believe that you're in it to genuinely be supportive of them um And it's crazy because that mentality has like seeped into so many brown girls that when you are that person who is willing to be supportive and answer questions and give them some advice or help them out, they think you want something from them. I've had to literally explain to people that like, no, I just like really like this brand or your business or your whatever and like literally have to convince them of that because they couldn't believe that like someone would just like want to be helpful. So that's a thought. Be unabashedly supportive. Don't be a crab in a bucket. It's not cute. Uh, What else? Your version of self-care doesn't have to look like everyone else's. 
Um, A lot of people on the internet will make you believe that self-care is like putting on a face mask and taking a bubble bath, which is fine. I enjoy taking a warm bath. Don't get me wrong, face masks every week. But my idea of self-care is having to-do lists and getting to the gym and getting in a good workout or taking a hot yoga class or doing things that are hard, essentially. They're not always the most pleasant things I do. And for me, that is a form of self-care. And a lot of people will have you believe that there's something toxic about you or something wrong with you if that's your idea of self-care. And that's bullshit. So if you're in your 20s, do whatever makes you feel good and helps you take care of yourself. And don't worry about everybody else. Like, I also don't really drink. Who cares? That's just my life. It's like, and anyway, we're not even going to go down that rabbit hole, though. That is one of my next points. Alcohol does nothing positive for you, and you should probably stop drinking it. I, listen, college, we all did college. My liver hated me for about four, maybe six years. And I have since then mostly stopped and, you know, I'll still like go out and like have a beer with my husband if we go to a cool brewery or they have a cool new flavor out. Like, of course. But at the end of the day, people trying to justify that there is a single benefit to alcohol in your life is lying. There is not one. There's not a shred of science. There is not a single thing in the universe that will tell you that alcohol is beneficial. Just accept that you're using it the way that you are, however that might be, whether it's a social lubricant or maybe we have a drinking problem, the sooner you can accept it, the sooner you can start working it out. Like I said, not judging people who do drink, but don't kid yourselves either. Binge drinking every weekend is destroying your body and half of your problems are probably because you drink. And the same people who do stuff like that give me advice on what I should do about my health. That's my favorite. When they're like, oh, you shouldn't have so much dairy. And I'm like, you shouldn't have seven mimosas on Saturday at brunch. Like, let's prioritize here, people. I have such little patience for it. I feel like I've just reached 30 and I think I've become crabbier than I was before. Oh, well, here I am. Uh, What else? What else do we have? Never stop moving goes right back to taking care of yourself. People become more and more sedentary the older they get, and it never ends well. Mm, Play, creativity, and problem solving go hand in hand. This is a little OT lesson here. Never stop playing, never stop being creative, because they will always teach you how to think outside the box and problem solve and be good at whatever your job is. Most people's jobs involve a level of problem solving and The more you play, the more you look at something and see what can I do with this object or color or item, the more creative it makes you and the more creative you are, the better you're probably going to be at a lot of things in your life. And it will keep your brain active, alive and functioning longer. Your mental health and not just in like an anxiety depression way, but in like your brain function is pretty much reliant on you doing new things and learning new things. And the older people get, the less they try to learn new things and the harder it becomes for them to change. Read more books. It doesn't matter what. Yep. Keep reading. Never stop reading. Books will always be something that I can kind of go to and I always have gone to. You can be a nonfiction reader, a fiction reader. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be life-altering. You don't even have to tell anyone you read a book, but keep reading. What else? Your willingness to learn new things will be your greatest asset. 
this stands from a neurological standpoint as well as a life standpoint because your brain is plastic and the more you try to learn new things, the more plastic it stays and the more you have the ability to continue learning new things and going hand in hand with that. It also makes you an extremely adaptable person and I just don't think rigidity gets anybody anywhere. Like being someone who's adaptable and a little more fluid in the way they're willing to work with people or around people or a problem, it will get you so far in life. So be willing to learn new things. It's never, I mean, when has that ever been a bad thing, learning something new, even if it's something you don't care about? Like, I think that's the other thing. Most people function in the realm of only wanting to learn things that are in a, in their realm of interest. But I challenge some of you to step out of that and go try to learn something that you wouldn't normally have wanted to do or tried to do. And usually boyfriends, girlfriends are a great place to start because they're a whole different person with a whole different set of interests that might introduce you to something you didn't expect to enjoy doing or learning about. So do more of that, especially in your 20s. Like, Going hand in hand with that, my next point is like, make mistakes. Do all of the things. Don't spend your 20s checking boxes. The people who spent their 20s checking boxes are usually not a whole lot happier by the time they hit 30. But the people who spent their 20s changing their minds and making their mistakes and changing careers, changing jobs, like trying to start that business, like learning something new, going back to school, like Whatever that might look like for you, like make all the mistakes because you will learn so much and you're young and you have so much time to make mistakes. And then, you know, if you want to settle down and sort out life in your 30s, you are more than welcome to. But spend your 20s just like doing all the things and traveling to all the places and don't be afraid to like set your own timeline. Don't worry about checking the boxes. Don't worry about Even like your career, like I don't know how someone in their 20s can be so set on their career. And I guess that's as someone who has made quite a few changes. But like, do you really want to who knows what they want to do forever? I still don't know what I want to do forever. And to expect like a 20 something year old to know that and just be like, I'm a lawyer now, so I'm going to be a lawyer forever. I'm like, that's so boring. Life is meant to be lived more colorfully than just defined by that one job we have in our 20s. What else do we have? I have terrible handwriting. This is ironic because I'm an OT. You are not married to your ideas. It's okay to change your mind. Yep. Lots of people get defined by their beliefs and ideas. And I hope you spend the decade in your 20s willing to change some of your ideas and realize that you are not defined by them and you can change your mind. And maybe something you believed in your 20s, by the time you hit your 30s, you no longer believe in. And that's okay, because that's called life experience. There is not a single benefit to drinking alcohol. Stop doing it. Yep, I think I wrote that twice. Hmm. Marry a man who believes in you more than you believe in yourself. This is me talking to my younger version, but I think that has been a huge asset for me, having someone in my life that truly believes in me more than I believe in myself. Um, Mike is literally my biggest cheerleader. So that has been probably the best decision I made in my 20s was to marry that kid because no regrets there. He is a 12 out of 10, even on his worst days. You're better 
you're better off making okay decisions quickly than great decisions slowly in business and in life. This is true. One thing I've learned about myself is I'm a bit of an overthinker and I take too long to make decisions and then I lose opportunities or the time has passed or, you know, instead of jumping at an opportunity right away, I take too long. So I guess this is also a resolution for 30 is to make okay decisions quickly instead of making great decisions slowly because you will gain something either way just by making the decision. Getting enough protein, breakfast, lunch, and dinner will improve every part of your health. This is true. I wish I could stress enough how important protein is to your diet. And I know people say it all day, but I don't think people really understand what that means. Like, you need to get it throughout the day. And a rough, rough, easy estimate is like one gram per pound of how much you weigh and spreading that out evenly throughout the day. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, getting a third of it um, each meal so that by the end of the day you have, like, if you weigh, I weigh 120 pounds, so that's about 40 grams per meal. So I aim for that for 40 grams breakfast, 40 grams lunch, 40 grams dinner. And it needs to be bioavailable. Like, your body has to be able to absorb it and use it. You burn like 30% or 10% of it. I think it's 10% of it just trying to digest it and break it down. So you can't even use that. That just gets burned. And then you have to be able to use the rest of it. And all protein is not the same. And the way it's cooked or where it comes from matters a lot. And I'm going to let you all do your research on that. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but... In my 20s, I will say there are a few diet adjustments I have made that have made a bigger impact in my life the way that one rule has because it will help control your insulin response. It will make you not hungry. You can't really overeat when you're getting enough protein, so you're staying within a comfortable realm of calories. And when you regulate your insulin, you're also regulating your hormones so that All the things in your body can work and do what they have to do. That's just my little health nerd comment on that. Um, Make mistakes. Do all the things. Don't take advice from people not doing what you want to do. This is a big one, I think. Everyone has advice. Advice, I like to say advice is like assholes. Everyone has one. Like It's the same thing like how people say it about excuses. But Everyone has advice. Everyone will give you advice even when you don't ask for it. You should do this. You should do this. Like about a podcast. And I'm like, you literally don't even know how to record a podcast. If someone isn't doing what you want with their life or hasn't done the things you are hoping to accomplish, don't take their advice, especially because it's usually shitty advice. Uh, What else? Don't save things for a special occasion. I feel like in my early 20s, and maybe this is a brown girl thing, where, like, I would save everything. Like, oh, this dress is for a special occasion. This champagne is for a special occasion. This whatever. And by the time I've hit 30, like, I wear all my clothes whenever I want. I don't care how fancy it is. I don't care, like, how much I spent on it. Like, if I want to wear it, I'm going to wear it. Same thing with champagne. I think one time I had a bottle of Moet. It's, like, a $100 bottle of champagne. And, like, 
we drank it on a random Tuesday night watching Netflix. It wasn't even like it wasn't a special day. It w- we just had it and it had been sitting there. And I was like, let's just open it. And I think more of life should be left to enjoying all the good things and the fun things and stop saving everything because life is short and it's meant to be lived. So live it. It's a big one. I think that's also why I'm so comfortable making mistakes and starting over now because I'm like, at the end of the day, we're all going to die and it's not going to matter. So let's not put ourselves in too tight of a box. What else? Emotions are like waves in the ocean, just like the tide. They go in and out with time. You all know how much I talk about my anxiety and also some depression that I handled in my 20s. And what I have found is just like the tide comes in and out, our emotions can come in and out, but it takes time. So the tide creeps in and it creeps in so slowly, you don't realize that you're drowning in it until you're already underwater. And it's same thing with emotions. They they start creeping up and they start piling up and then all of a sudden you're drowning in it. But if you give it time, they will wash through and wash back out with the tide. It just takes time. No feeling, no emotion is going to last forever. So give everything time. And just like the tide, your feelings will also wash out and pass. For those of you who might be struggling with a bit of the anxiety depression department, this has always been a really helpful metaphor to remember when you feel like you're drowning in it all. And I've gotten a lot better at managing all of that. And I would say, and it seems, I feel hesitant saying it, but I don't know that I really even have a whole lot of like anxiety and stuff going on anymore. Maybe sometimes, but it's more situational. Um, whereas I feel like I spent a lot of my 20s just like struggling all around. Um, but yeah. And my last point I wrote was how you win matters. Being competitive isn't a flaw. So I think nowadays it's like almost looked down upon to be competitive, which is so bizarre to me because I don't know when that became a bad thing. And I am very competitive. Like to me, second place is the first loser. Okay. I have no interest in being number two. I am always here to be the top dog. And I do everything with that level of like hard work and encouragement and enthusiasm. Like I am there to do my best. And if I fail doing my best, that's okay. I can live with that. Um, But in that same realm, one thing I've learned about competition is it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It matters if you get invited to play the game again. You never want to win without integrity. Because if you win without integrity, you will never be invited to play again. And all the people, like, when you're in a field where things are so uncertain, you are surrounded by people who are absolutely full of shit. Like, people who are pretending to be so successful and doing all of these things, but they're, like, you know, they're copying other people or they're not coming up with their own ideas or they're just, like, inflating their own ego and, like, putting out in the world and faking it so much to the point where, like, they don't stand for anything. And you start to feel like, if you're trying to be an authentic person that actually stands for something, you'll never make it. But the reality is you'll last longer. It might take you longer to get to the top, but you'll have, you know, your whole image and your whole 
brand or whatever won't be as fragile as someone who's absolutely full of shit, even though it might seem like they're crushing it. And oh my God, they're making all this money and they're so successful, but like they won't last because it will eventually come crashing down and people will know they're full of shit, especially if you look too closely. That is definitely something I've learned. So doesn't matter if you win or you lose, matters if you're invited to play the game again. And I think that's it. I think those are all of my lessons that I have learned throughout my 20s that make me feel like I'm fairly ready to hit my 30s. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode, you leave us a review on iTunes. You can find the show on all major streaming platforms. You can find me on Instagram at disha.mazeppa. You can shop my Etsy shop, Disha Mazeppa Designs. Find out everything you want to know about this show at dishamazeppa.com. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest, you can email bwpspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast is hosted and produced by Disha Mystery Mazeppa. Music for the show was created by Crexwell.